Enjoy this flyover clip. Um, but I guess to start from the beginning, your your background. At one point, you had never heard of AI, and so you, now you're writing. But now you're writing a book about it. About it. So so mm-hmm. trying to walk us through that process of your awareness of this in your education with Boston University and your background. How how did this kind of come onto the scene for you? Um, <clears throat> it really young uh, for various reasons. Uh, it, I, there was never some point at which I became suspicious of the technology around me. But uh, the earliest recognition I can remember was about age 15, and it only accelerated, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, from there. You know, a lot of people want some sort of rational reason as to why anyone would be freaked out by the toaster, so to speak. Um, I don't think there necessarily has to be. And in, in fact, I think a lot of the aversion to the rapid pace of technological development and this sort of rift in history that's being uh, engineered as we speak, uh, I think much of it is as aesthetic as it is uh, rational or moral or um, anything like that. Uh, there's a feeling to it. And some people feel very excited about it. Some people feel very afraid. Some people just are, are put off by it and some are neutral. So when I was... Uh, 17, uh, after being kicked out of high school three times, I found myself in the uh, the computer lab at my community college, uh, surfing the internet, didn't really have a good computer at home. And I came across Ted Kaczynski's uh, Industrial Society and its Future. And um, the, that, you, the Unabomber? The Unabomber guy. Yeah. Okay. You can't, you can't just breeze by, though. You get kicked out of high school three times. What happened? I was a rowdy young young man. Just, just bored? <laughs> Yeah, but I was I, I was a good test taker, so I got through that GED really easy. Okay, yep, yep. Well, yeah. and you're 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 a, a brilliant a, a, mind, a, a, a cool brilliant guy. You don't you don't you don't dress like uh you don't dress like nerd. You know, you're kind of. But I am. <laughs> it's a you're disguise. In disguise. Yeah, it's a disguise, yeah. <laughs> it's incognito. Yeah, but but that that book really did have a, a deep impact on me for a lot of different reasons. I mean, what Ted Kaczynski did was uh, articulate the dangers of technology, and he himself was a mathematician. Um, so he does so in a logical fashion, beginning with certain premises and moving from there. Um, he, he explores various possibilities. Pretty much all of them are negative. But uh, among the, the most frightening is that the uh, machinery of, of industrial society, kind of of its own momentum, not not as if it had come alive, although that's one of the possibilities, but the the momentum of the system itself would be such that uh, human beings would be imprisoned in a uh, basically a, a mechanical trap of our own making or of the making of the elites above us. Wow. And uh, so that's what freaked him out. That's why he went on his bombing campaign. What's also ironic about it, though, is that it is very, very logical, his, his argument. So logical, you would think that it, he, he himself was a computer. Right. Wow. Uh, and, and I think that that was probably a big a big reason that he flipped out and couldn't couldn't see the beauty of life outside of this this logical construct that he had come up with. Um, but and, and just one other point on that. I really do believe that despite all of the logic of his arguments, and I think that a lot of his arguments have actually borne out, uh, it's still primarily it was an aesthetic thing for him uh that's that's my going theory if i'm going to psychoanalyze ted it began with a, an emotional dissonance and then moved from there so but after that you know i would say another big point and there, there were many others between 
But uh, 9-11, uh, the, in the aftermath of 9-11 and the, um, the declaration of a worldwide surveillance grid, uh, the open uh, institution of all sorts of uh, electronic-based security checkpoints yeah. and all mm-hmm. of that, uh, I myself didn't, uh, you know, <clears throat> I wasn't exactly happy about a terrorist attack or anything like that. Uh, I was very quickly uh, disillusioned with the war, but my real concern was that the uh, security state just openly declared that they were going to begin yeah. monitoring people's lives, mm-hmm. go on, so on and so forth. You know, when I was at Boston University, uh, I, I <clears throat> was associated with the Center for Mind and Culture. It's a think tank um, run in association with Boston University, uh, founded by my advisor, Wesley Wildman. Uh, wonderful man, wonderful people there. Uh, one of the best people that I met there um, at Boston University. And the, the center was a, a, a man, Justin Lane, He's an Oxford-trained AI expert, and so he brought in a lot of uh, heavy hitters. So what, what, what year was this? Yes, this is 2015. Okay. Through uh, really ultimately 2015 through 18, uh, 19, really. I, I kept hanging around Okay. even after getting my degree. But Lane was really the one. I mean, of course, I, I, I knew what artificial intelligence was or thought I did, and, um, you know, it was, you know, part of the, kind of the framework of, of – or the worldview that, that that I had, but I, it was really after meeting him that I came to understand the nuts and bolts at least better. Uh, I'm not a coder, uh, but he 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 very uh, you know over years uh, he's explained to me uh, how the the algorithms work, and uh, I, my, my attempt to convey that in plain terms uh, really is uh, you know I owe it all to him, but he shouldn't be blamed for anything I get wrong. Our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Flyover family, join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. Every week, it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking. And what's interesting is God is speaking through them. And all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.